So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Tuesday, we head to the battlefields of medieval Spain to witness the very first ambulance. On Wednesday, it's the anniversary of the day Coca-Cola's creator hit on his winning formula. He dropped the wine, but kept the cocaine. On Thursday, the thief who stuffed the crown jewels down his trousers. And on Friday, when free-spirited Danish parenting put 90s New York in a tears. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, Man fans. Ollie Man here with a festive bumper edition of The Modern Man. Hello to Moz, who says, Ollie, I've been binge listening to your show, but please, can we have more How to Be a Dad? It makes me feel like I have three showbiz friends trying to cope with the wonderful and scary and exciting thing that has been happening to me too. Uh, That'll be fatherhood then. Uh, Well, it is Christmas, so Moz, I will be your magic man fairy. Today, I have reunited with Tom Price and Stuart Goldsmith, and you will find out how we've been progressing along the tricky road that is being a dad. Uh, And it goes out to Baz and David as well, who also wrote in to request this particular follow-up. It's a great show in general, though, this week as well. There's a particularly festive foxhole at the end, uh, which includes our annual tradition of making Ollie Pitt face to face with niche sex toys it's not to be missed before we get going though i should just say this week's life hack comes courtesy of our friends at the beef and dairy network it's the number one podcast for those involved or just interested in the production of beef animals and dairy herds so big thanks to them right on today's show you will learn why sometimes you've got to shout at your children you'll learn which sexual lubricant i think is the tastiest of the year and you'll learn why all these years on super nanny still has a lot to answer for let's go on this week's modern man i feel like every day i'm not with him because i'm driving to manchester and back to do 20 minutes work is a day wasted discipline over parenting and benign neglect how to be a dad part four just lick it ollie and tell me what it tastes like okay uh... and alex fox empties santa's sack for a very fappy christmas But first, it's time for the zeitgeist, all the trends you need to know about for the week ahead, with a man who claims not to follow YouPornKatie on Twitter, but I think that's because he secretly hacked her emails. It's Ollie Pierce. You can check my Twitter account, I definitely don't. What are the big trends this week? Dead or dead to me. So you're going through your social media, and you look at the trends, and you see a name. And what's the first thing you think? They're dead. What happened to me recently, I saw Peter Kay trending. I thought, Peter Kay's dead! Oh, yeah, and that was probably because he, he cancelled his tour, didn't he? He cancelled his tour. Yes. No, I know, I, I exactly know this feeling. Yeah, you assume that if someone's trending, it's because everyone's saying RIP. And it's a crap way to find out when someone has died. But what's happened now, especially with all these uh, Harvey Weinstein type things... They're dead either, or rapist. They're what a great game de- show. Yeah, brilliant. Dead or dead to me. Dead to me. Because if they're a rapist, you obviously don't care anymore, so they might as well be dead to you. Yeah, so according to Vanity Fair, this is a game where... Everybody plays without even necessarily realising it. It's a credible source. It's for the first time ever. Not you with your reading Farmers Weekly to get your social media trends for once. I've never bought one from Farmers Weekly. It's normally like, according to Viz, the fashion statements (laughs) of the week. 
But anyway, yeah, go on. What are Vanity Fair saying? That we all play this game, dead or dead to me. Like, back in the day, it was, well, they're dead. But now, because of the sexual harassment stuff, yeah, it's also dead to me. Thankfully, Peter Cage has cancelled his tour. He wasn't a rapist or all dead. If I may just pick a name that's an obvious crossover on the Venn diagram of dead and dead to me, mm. Max Clifford. Now, that trended last week when he actually died. Yep. He was also in the category of dead to me because he was in prison at the time for sexual offences. Which is he? Well, he's void from the game because he was already dead to me when he trended the first time, right? Because he would have trended for getting accused and, and convicted of all those hideous crimes. Right. So then he's already dead to me. And now he's just dead. So maybe you get a but bonus both. point. That's my point. <laughs> you get a bonus point for Max Clifford. Yeah, maybe. So leaving alleged child molesters and, and sexually depraved attackers aside, uh, what about the people who aren't dead but are headline grabbing but you still assume they're dead? Because that's the third category. It's not dead or dead to me. It's just very old. I mean, Prince Philip, again, classic example. If you see Prince Philip trending, it's probably because he said something racist or he's cut a ribbon. Or he's ill. But I just assume he's dead well, because he's 92 or whatever. Yeah, exactly. David Attenborough is the other one. Yes. Whenever he trends, you're like, oh, yes. no, come on. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. And he just said something about plastic bags. I was like, thank God. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Like, and, and, but that's part of the game. It's like it's heart sinking and, and you have to, particularly if you love that person. Yeah. Because if you say it was David Attenborough, no, I'm not saying this would ever happen, by the way. No, he's going to live forever. Yeah, but it came out that actually something bad had happened. Yeah. Like, you know, imagine how you'd feel. You'd be like, he's not dead, but he's a bastard. That would hurt even more. <laughs> so the game is good fun for everyone. Great. And you can just play it over Christmas with your friends and family. Perfect. Family fun. What else have you got for us this week? Crypto donations. A while ago in the podcast, I mentioned, uh, I, was, I, I chatted some stuff about cryptocurrency, and I said we should be accepting it as donations on the podcast, didn't I? Yes, you were saying Bitcoin's a big deal. I was saying, I'm not saying it isn't. I'm just saying it's a pain in the ass. No one normal is using it. You said, I'll set up a donations platform using Bitcoin. It'll be really easy. I said, no, it won't. It wasn't. We don't have a link. What's the latest? Well, it, well, if we'd had the link, uh, right. well, we, 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 we literally could just do this full time and, and not worry about anything because uh, Bitcoin, as we're talking, is worth about $18,000 or something. I know, but I didn't claim that it wasn't the future. No, I just, just claimed I'm it just, was the future no, for geeks. It's fine. It's, I don't I mean, only I, need one geek to be listening. That's I, true. I looked into it at the time and I just was like, oh, no, it's too complicated. And you were right. But now it's a little bit easier <laughs> and it? I've actually done it. Oh, right. Right. So I've well, set, you can donate to the show using you, Bitcoin. No. Oh. You can donate to the show. You can donate using... to Ollie Pitt's personal fund. <laughs> no. Is that what you're doing? You can donate to the show using a cryptocurrency called XRP or Ripple. And the reason being, Bitcoin has sailed, Ollie. That ship has sailed. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we want to make the big bucks, me and you. Mm. That's how we're going to roll. And it's basically this amazing new crypt. I say new cryptocurrency. You're saying amazing. I mean, you're saying lots of things. Well, it's just shot up like uh, something like 100% in the last Why, four why is days. it amazing? I mean, what is it? I reckon it's going to be the next big cryptocurrency it's okay. basically going to do what bitcoin did okay. and the reason is it's the only cryptocurrency that's working directly with banks i think you'll find this is what i was saying needed to happen Ollie Pitt. well why didn't you when get into you, cryptocurrency then? when i meant when you mentioned bitcoin i was like yeah but the thing is paypal aren't using it are they netwest aren't using it is that what's happened now they're working with amex so there we are now people can pay us without thinking that they're funding criminality great and the whole the, so how ripple works now if you want to send money really quickly from say china to america you convert chinese yen into ripple yeah. send it because it sends it like instantly and really cheaply and then the person on the other end converts it back into us dollars okay so at the moment it's being used mainly as a way to do cheaper iban transfers and that's why i think it's going to be the next big thing like an, right another reason for choosing ripple over bitcoin you've probably heard this but bitcoin uses a colossal amount of energy to create each coin yeah. and there's like a stat out there that is about the same amount of energy as 
don't know, like Denmark or something. But Ripple doesn't. The way that it's produced is different. So it means it's mind. not hurting That's mind. That's the verb, isn't it? The yes. way it's mind. Exactly. It's I don't mind. even understand it. I still don't. I've hosted like five programs about it. I've no idea. Basically, each coin already exists. Yeah. And you have to use an algorithm to find it. But that requires a huge amount of processing power. That's why it uses so much energy. So without your consent, we've put this link on the Beer Money page. So people can just go there and just send us some Ripple. That's a really sinister way to tell me that you've done a nice surprise for me. Why? <laughs> do, you, do they ever say that on Anton Deck? <laughs> so, without your consent, Gemma, we've broken into your house and we've rigged up a secret camera network. And now your husband's waiting for his big surprise 50th birthday. Well, surely. Or Michael McIntyre. Without your consent, Alison, <laughs> your husband has told us that you've secretly wanted to duet with... Do you know what I mean? It just sounds weird. Yeah, but if you like... like, like but that's exactly what they must do. They don't yes. just ask the dad. Fine, you violated so asked, my website. I okay. asked, I asked the, the dad in this scenario, and they sorted it out for me. Producer Matt. Producer Matt. Has put a link to this on our website. Yeah, and if you have Ripple... Consent. So if you know how to buy cryptocurrency and you have Ripple, then you know how to send it to us. If you have no idea, it will make no sense to you, so don't even bother, just send us actual money. But the plan is, you know, if people donate, and then it goes up in value... Hmm. Me and you laughing. This time last week, you gave us a slightly disappointing response, I felt, in your challenge to become a true Trends Insider, specifically Man Fan John's quest, that you should preview TV programmes, box sets. You had one from Channel 4, didn't you, and one from the BBC. Mm-hmm. But I said, let's get, let's get some from Netflix. How have you fared? They granted me access to watch some Black Mirror episodes. Oh, good, okay. But I only received that access first thing this morning, so I had to watch it on the train on the way here with some really patchy 4G network. It's real life, isn't it? That's what happens. Some people will be doing that. When's it out? 29th of December. Okay, so you've got a decent preview there. This is a proper preview. It's a proper preview. What was it like? It was brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I loved it. Charlie Brooker tweeted the names of the episodes that were going to be released. There's six of them. And he said, this is the order that you should watch them in, because they all they release them all at the same time, right? And but there's a sequence though, right? So No, there's no they're all standalone. Yeah, but they okay, but they must be numbered. It is series three, episode one or whatever, right? Yes, it will be. I mean, but what we, I'm saying it, is, in the same if he has an order that he wants you to see them in, why isn't that the order Netflix are putting them up in? Well, no, because they just release it all at once, and he's basically Look, saying... The computer still tells you an order. Yeah, well, it will have an order, but it's arbitrary. It doesn't mean anything. What? Well, no, yeah, exactly. That's no, almost... it can't be arbitrary. Why not? Because... Why are you debating with me? It's come from the creator. They've spent millions of dollars creating standalone, brilliant episodes, and that's exactly what they are. They're not related in any way whatsoever. No, but he's we're, we're like, saying two sh- different things. The computer will play them in a particular order, whether or not they're standalone episodes. No, I know that. Right. But you can watch them in whatever order you like, and it makes I no know, difference. But it's not... <laughs> what I'm saying is... <laughs> well, I know what you're saying. Someone's decided, and it seems that what you're saying is that Charlie Brooker is saying, forget about the order that they turn up on Netflix. This is how you should watch them. Yeah, pretty much. That is pretty much... That's weird, isn't it? What, is it? Yes. I mean, the tweet did say, this is the series we think you should watch them so maybe it will come up that way on Netflix but he was saying you can watch them in whatever order you like as well right so he said the first one you should watch is called USS Callister so that's the one I watched we can hear a clip crew we have a new member of the team we meet again Captain Daly we're trapped (laughs) Jesus Space fleet never turns its back on those who need our help. Three cheers for Captain Daly. Hip, hip, hooray, hooray. So it's a Star Trek spoof. Yeah, sort of. But it looks quite light and breezy and fun in the trailer, but I'm guessing because it's Black Mirror that that ain't the case. 
it gets progressively darker, like really dark, to the point where it can throw your mind into that weird spiral of just like, oh, God, that's horrible. I don't like that. I don't want to think about that. So is it a parody of kind of 1960s sci-fi future or is it about the world we're living in now or both? So everything that you saw there is just not as it appears at all. It plays with the whole idea of... Uh, infinity, uh, uh, life, living forever, okay. um, and sentience, and what that means for 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 people. Horrible, but it, but, but, good, but, yeah? but good, really yeah. good. Yeah, as, as good as the best episode. Of, what is the best episode of Black Mirror in your opinion? My favourite is uh, Fifteen Million Merits, which is the one where they're basically competing for these credits, and they can use them for various things like buying an apple or whatever. But they can, then some people use them to compete in a talent show. Oh, that's the seen okay. That one? That's one of the two that I've the two I've seen are pig fucking and that one. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I and, quite liked it. It was good. Yeah. I would watch another. Well, it, it de- <laughs> I just haven't. It definitely stands up to that. There's not that many funnies in it, though. Yeah. You know, like most Black Mirror episodes, there's a few bits where you sort of laugh a bit. Yeah. No, not on this. I was just the whole way through. I was just a bit like, oh no. Okay, good. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> Enjoy that. Jingle bells. <laughs> Actually, interesting coming out just after Christmas, isn't it? So maybe that's more of your sort of uh, descent into January, pre-New Year, but post-apocalyptic uh, entry into 2018. Well done. I consider that an adequate fulfilment of our challenge, and so we can move on to the next, Ollie. Adequate. It is actually not written down for you this week. The challenge. It's in the form of a present. It has been suggested by man fan Edwin. It's a new gadget, and we've wrapped it in Christmas paper for you to open and try out as your challenge. Wow. Ooh, this is exciting. It's not even Christmas. It says on the top, Halo Sport. Looks like a headphone case. I hope it's headphones. Ooh. It is headphones. What the? But they're special headphones, Ollie. What? I'll tell you what's in the middle, in the bridge between the two ears. It isn't normal wiring. Are you ready? Oh, it's not reading my brain or something, is it? It is stimulating your brain. Oh, God. That's right, Ollie. Thanks to the modern man and listener Edwin, you are going to try the latest trend of neuropriming. That sounds terrifying. It accelerates the brain's memorization of finger movements, so you can play music by heart. I've literally just watched Black Mirror. <laughs> Halo Sport was part of the recipe that helped set four world records in six weeks. That's right, you can use it whilst you train and feel your muscles get bigger, tighter and firmer. What? Yeah, I know it does sound a bit like bullshit, but we're going to test to see whether it is. So is my challenge to break a world record? I think it's probably healthier if you see it that way rather than your challenge is to stimulate your brain with electrodes just in the interest of entertainment. Sure. Um, So come back next week and, and let us know whether it's helped improve your performance in a particular sport or... Or hobby of your choosing. Perhaps perhaps come back to us next week and tell us what that's going to be rather than I've put you on the spot, haven't I? Y- yeah, I'm yeah. still confused. Yeah, okay, <laughs> excellent. Uh, I look forward to uh, unlocking your potential. Thanks. Hello, man fans. I'm Cliff Trent Roberts, the celebrity chef best known as TV's Mr. Beef. And these are my top three Squarespace life hacks for an alternative Christmas. My first tip is, replace the turkey. Specifically, have you considered beef? While it's well known there was a cow in the Bethlehem stable slaughtered soon after Jesus' birth to provide nourishing beef for the Christ child, in the Gospel according to Matthew, a turkey was the wisecracking personal sidekick of King Herod, the biggest bastard in the Bible. If that hasn't convinced you, how about this? 
In recent years, biblical scholars have begun to believe the original translation of gold, frankincense and myrrh is a translation error. And in fact, the three wise men brought Jesus gold, frankincense and several lasagnas. Tip number two is, why not supercharge your crackers? Sure, crackers can be fun, but let's be honest, the contents often disappoint. A limp hat, a tiny set of screwdrivers and a joke written by a simpleton? Rubbish. Instead, why not fill your crackers with beef? The fine-grade mints will pack very nicely into the body of a cracker, and once released with a bang, acts as a beautiful accompaniment to your beef meal, or, if you're missing the Christmas headgear, you could try and sculpt it into a beef hat. My final piece of advice is, dump Santa. In my house, we are visited by Papa Beef, a red-faced butcher who brings beef gifts for all the family in his transit van pulled by six magical heifers. You'll never forget your child's face the morning she wakes up and empties her stocking of scorching mints and onions, memories and burns that will last a lifetime. So those are my top three tips. Have a great Christmas and always remember the reasoning behind the seasoning. To learn more, why not try the Beef and Dairy Network podcast, available at beefanddairynetwork.com. Thanks to Cliff for his Squarespace life hacks. Artists, writers, bloggers are all using Squarespace to build their websites. And you should too. Their templates are created by world-class designers. In fact, you can have a site up in under an hour. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code MAN, that's M-A-N-N, to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Now, a little over two years ago, I first sat down with the comedians Tom Price and Stuart Goldsmith to have a chat about parenthood. Uh, That was pressing on all our minds at the time because, very oddly, uh, we'd realised all three of us were just weeks away from becoming dads. Serendipitously, we all did that at the same time. Uh, Tom for the second time, Stuart and I for the first. Uh, You can chronicle all our apprehensions of looming fatherhood and then our perspectives on the mucky business of supporting childbirth and then us questioning the value of Peppa Pig in our previous conversations on this podcast. Just look back through our archive, any episode called How to Be a Dad. Uh, This is the fourth instalment, but it doesn't matter if you haven't heard it before. Here's all you need to know. Our boys are now nearly two, and that means tantrums and the terrible twos. Doesn't it? I don't know whether we are very lucky or it's the calm before the storm because we have he has definitely recognised that he has a choice. He mm. started being naughty. I had to tell him off. Two days ago, I told him off properly for the first time and it was awful. Did he cry? Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Did he sit on the naughty step or yes. anything? Are you doing naughty steps? He was touching a light switch and he's allowed to turn on the, the lamp next to my bedside. Sure. He's allowed to do that. It was a treat. And he did it lots. And I was like, you're doing it a bit much there. I'd like to stop that. I wasn't angry with him. Yeah, I was very careful to change gear from this is a game and you can do it to, yeah. okay, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. And uh, we went slowly into you're not allowed to do that anymore. And he looked at me and then he did it again. And I said, if mm. you do that again, that's naughty. And then he looked at me and a little wicked glint came in his eye yeah. and he went tap like so that. What, what did he hand. say? What did, you, did you shout? Uh, absolutely not. I didn't shout. I said, okay, we're going downstairs now. That's naughty. And I picked him up and I took him out of the room and I could see my wife there going, hmm, I wonder where this is going. Because, you know, <laughs> she hadn't seen the naughty glint. I was like, he is deliberately playing up. So I took him out and then I was like, 
I've got to do something now because yeah. I've said if you do that again, I'll get cross. Welcome to the wonderful world of disciplining where you sure, have to follow through. You have exactly. to follow through. So I had to think of something to do. Yeah. I'm certainly not going to shout at him. I wasn't angry. I just knew that I, there had to be something that happened next. So I said, right, you're going to sit on this step. We went down to the bottom and I said, you're going to sit there and we're not going to do any playing. You're going to sit there for two minutes. Oh, and he got up I and I said, no, I don't think you you're going to sit that. there. Yeah. And he cried and I had to sit there while he cried and then he got up and after two minutes, I said, OK, now we can go and do some playing. And I held him and I cuddled him and mm. I was just improvising wildly. I cuddled him and I said, I love you and everything's fine now. Let's go and play. <laughs> and uh, and it was the fine. worst bit of disciplining I've ever heard. <laughs> well, okay, so it Tom, worked. Tom, Tom, Tom what should Stu have done? With, with Edmund, with my second one, uh, who is the same age as your guys, you guys' kids, I often find myself telling him off and then he has a big pause where he computes what's happened. And then the, have you had that one? The big pause before the... Then the lip begins, and you're like, "Oh, here it comes!" Mm. Sure. Like the tornado's arriving. And then what I tend to do is comfort him. I mean, just hold him off. I apologise and hug him. I am so, a terrible father. Exactly. You're, you're, <laughs> you're absolutely right. right. You carry on sticking your fingers in the sockets. No, that the naughty step is exactly what you should do. The problem I've had with the naughty step, trying to do it with my kids, I have found is that they just wriggle off and they don't. They, I mean, I could literally stand there saying, "You stay there," and they will jump off and they will keep jumping, and like they can't sit still. They were they, their energy is such that they they can't sit still, and I don't have the patience to well, make them I stay there. I remember seeing a particular episode of Super Nanny on the TV about ten years ago. It made mm. a big impression mm. on me. I sort of all but held him there, and he tried to get up, and I put him back, and he tried to get up, and I put him back, and we did that for two minutes, and then he eventually sort of sat there being a bit miserable, and then. So you then have to act omniscient authority. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the challenge. Hilarious, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have, to, you have to pretend. And yet 100%. in my head, I'm still a 14-year-old idiot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Here I am with this. And, and I have all authority. of the memories of being a, a kid and going, that's so unfair. And yeah. I'll never treat my kid like that. And yet I now have to fulfill the legacy and mm. be that person. You yeah. have to follow through. That's the most important thing, isn't it? You've got to, in that moment of what, it, it doesn't matter what the transgression is. You've got to stay with it. You cannot give up. And this gets even yes. harder when they start to argue back. But surely it wasn't that bad of a thing. It's just a light switch, Dad. You know, what's the problem? Mm. And, and suddenly you've got to persist and commit. And the zone you don't want to get into is the over-parenting zone. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, someone described the other day that their approach to parenting uh, is benign neglect, which I really enjoyed as a phrase because you're just... It's benign in that I'm not neglecting them in an obvious kind of... They're starving and they're currently breaking their face on shards of glass. But they're getting up to their own thing and they're, doing, and they're sort of discovering it for themselves. And if they hurt themselves, well, that's okay. It's okay I think I fall into that category. I intervene if he's about to run in front of a car. That's right. But there's a grey area. I mean, the other day, talking about bedside tables, actually, Harvey was playing around on the bedside table. He was playing with the light on and off, on and off. Yeah. Then he discovered a drawer full of condoms. Oh, great. And he took out individual condoms sure. and, as a game, dropped them in the gap of a radiator between well, the radiator and the wall. When he's got a little brother or sister. I don't know why. It's his own fault. He's not harming himself. Yeah. He might break a condom, but that doesn't really matter so long as I've noted which one it is. <laughs> and I can't be asked to explain why to him he shouldn't be doing that, apart yeah. from that's daddy's thing. Yes, and nor should, you, toys. nor should you need to. You have to assume some authority. Yeah. That, for me, is I think is going to be the most challenging aspect. But do I have it. to? What I did instead is I pretended it wasn't happening ten minutes later. It wasn't because we were doing something else. The two things that they do. One is what's irritating you... And the other one is, actually, you shouldn't be doing that. 
And I think the problem is, I often find myself, certainly with Edmund at the moment, is he's doing something which just irritates me, so I, I will fly off the handle at him. Mm. For example, this morning, he uh, has got an advent calendar and he kicked all his little, all the guys from the advent calendar, uh, one by one, under the piano, which once they're under the piano, that is it. They are lost for weeks because there is no way of getting them out. And it annoyed me. It's fine. What he was doing is fine. He can do that if he wants to. It's not the end of the world. And it, mm. because it annoyed me, I really went for him. And I regretted it afterwards. I was like, well, what's the point? Just let him do his own let him do it. It's fine. Describe to me the, the telling off because I don't okay. like we, we need to know what happens next. The one thing we've got so far is he loves music. There's always music on. And if he's naughty, you can say, I'll turn the music off. Mm. And that and that's actually a stake. That's Here's a really good. weird punishment I can use with Harvey. You're not going to brush your teeth tonight. <laughs> no way. He loves brushing his teeth. <laughs> That's so, so weird. Sweet. It's because there's like a ritual where he stands on the toilet seat and he reaches up for the brush Aww. and he points at his teeth and says, teeth. Yeah. yeah and I'm like, we're not doing that tonight. But what don't actually, tell your if, you're, dentist, if, you're not, if you're not going to shout, and I'm not, I don't want to shout at him ever. I, don't, I think that's counterproductive. What is a telling off? Sometimes you've got to shout. I'm sorry, sometimes you've got to shout at your children. Does it work? Yeah, it stops them in their tracks. Yeah, but, but, then yeah, I, but, but, but governing by fear then. No, 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 no. no. I, the shock of the shout arrests them, their attention off whatever they're doing, and then I will talk to them. I would yeah, hold ne- on, you are a say, six and a half foot tall man with a booming RP voice. You're I, saying you're yeah, not but, and, governing all, by fear, but how do you know how they respond to you? Yeah, it, I think there's a difference between fear and shock. I'm stopping, jolting them out of it. So I'll and say, then you talk. So to give you, to, to run it through what I did this morning. So he's kicking his toys and the thing. Edmund, stop that, please. He ignores me. He carries mm. on. Edmund, stop it. He carries on doing it. Edmund, stop it. Wow. Right? I mean, I don't know about you, Stuart, but I'm sitting up. As soon as he looked at me, I was like, listen, darling, you can't kick them under there because we can't get them back and they're gone. Bye. And then I start going, bye, guys. And then he's like, oh, bye, guys. And he, then he got sad and upset. So he kind of realized what he'd done. And if I hadn't shouted, well, I wouldn't have been able to get his attention. Stuart doesn't shout, so what would you do? Yeah. Well, send I, him an email. I want to be able to get his attention without shouting at him. But I think I think actually what you did there, you didn't shout at him. It's not like you delivered a, an angry tirade at him. It's not like, you no. mustn't do that, blah, blah, blah. You, you're not shouting at him. I, I can you're, count on, you're, on you're, one hand the number of times I've done that, and it's, totally. it's to the older kid. Yeah. But I know. And when you do the, the diatribe, you feel awful afterwards because it is fundamentally pointless to a child under, I would say, about 14. There's no point sure. in just screaming loads at them. Because it's white noise and it's it's scary. This is why I say I don't know whether we're in the calm before the storm. I and I've got no one else's kid to judge this against, but I think my boy is really communicative. He's got loads and loads of words. Mm. He really listens and he really understands. And I want to. That's almost all because of my wife and her brilliant method and the baby sign language that we talked about last time. Yeah, of course. That you poo pooed. I remember. Of I listened back I to it. I poo poo most things. Yeah. That you say to. It, I mean, he can say he can say so much, and it's really gratifying. Okay, that's interesting. What do you feel like your son is particularly? So Stuart says oh, yeah, communicative. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, He's... what's your instinct? Because no one wants to be mm. the the Matilda style proud parent who thinks their child's a genius. But let's have a moment. Let's pause. Let's have an embargo. What well, we can do it? Can well, we? Can we, we just... all secretly think our children are geniuses. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. How do you moderate that? We just had a, our first proper parents' evening with the older kid, who's five and a half. So it's a, a proper parents' evening about things they're actually learning. And, and Beth and I both went there saying, "We're not going to be those parents. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine." And they said, "Your son is average at everything." And we were like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> <laughs> the, he doesn't put a TV on himself. He's a genius. I think my guy is very communicative. I think he's sensitive. I don't think he's particularly outgoing. 
at the moment, but he is really able to focus on things. You might as well have shouted at him, you know, if he's <laughs> inhibited. <laughs> yeah. And all the benefits without being able to scream at him. Yeah, he, you know, he loves music, he loves dancing. Oh, yes, yes, and, we've got that in our house, a lot of dancing. Oh, yes, mate, actually. It's so, isn't it great? So the unaffected joy yeah. of like, we. I'm into so much new music now because yeah. we play random stuff on Spotify and if he likes it, it goes on his playlist. <laughs> so he's got a playlist now with 55 tracks in it by artists I've mostly never heard of. And now I'm into those artists because he likes particular things. And weirdly, we can sing a tiny snatch of like, he loves, um, he's got his own names for all the songs. So mm-hmm. he loves uh, Boys and Girls by Blur and he calls the song Baby because he thinks Damon Albarn looks like a baby in the video. Right. right. I can say to him, avoid it. Like that bit, avoiding all words, like that, that tiny, I can go, avoid it. Yeah. And he'll go, baby. And he will recognize yeah. wow. like one second verbal samples that from 50 odd things. And we play this He's game as walking along. He's a genius. He's a genius. He's a genius. He's a genius. I would say my son is, what's a nice way of saying this? He is. <laughs> You've said too much already, I fear. Uh, Average at everything. Yeah, no, he's in, he's he's just got he's a big personality. He is loud and explosive and How enthusiastic. I can't, I can't see where know, I from. can't imagine where it's going. Where his mind's needy. How did that happen? Do you have to watch what you say? Now that they're picking up words. Yes. Yeah, I do. No, I don't bother. <laughs> we don't bother. I mean, not with Edward. With Wilfred we do, because he... Um, should you? Because he's... Yeah, should do. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, absolutely should you. do. Yeah. Wilfred came up to me the other day and said, uh, Daddy, I know what the F word is. And I was like, wow. do you know? Well, what's the F word? And he just looked at me and went, fuck. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, holy shit. Obviously, inside I was going, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, in the moment, I said, that, don't you ever say that and say again. I imagine that when I get to that stage, I think what I feel like I would do in that, situa- in that situation is to go, oh, yeah, it's a bit of a boring word, isn't it? We could probably use that in the house, but we probably shouldn't use it outside. Yeah. Th- there is something quite shocking about your kids saying fuck. They swear by accident, though, that happens. Oh, yeah, bugger, bugger. Edmund was doing that recently. <laughs> What's bugger? bugger? What's bugger? He was just saying bugger. He was, he was messing around with the words bugger, bugger. Oh, the other one is, is uh, we've got going at the moment, clock. He, oh, cock. Yeah, he can't yeah. say clock. He Harvey just, does the same cock. thing. Ah, ah, I've got a brilliant one of these. <laughs> uh, he calls Play-Doh pedo. <laughs> oh, and and in, our house, in our house, the pedo lives under the bed. Because <laughs> there's a drawer under the bed. That's where that's his pedo goes. That's great. So I'm, I'm now saying this in a, like, a funny context but I don't think it's funny it terrifies me mm. he likes diggers sometimes he says the n-word oh wow. lordy and it's awful heavens above and I, when it happens I just I just decide to ignore it because I think I'm just not I, I can't even no. I don't even want to have a conversation where I've acknowledged that's happened yeah because I made a thing of sure. the clock issue and now my friends come around like my friend Tina was with him the other day going Edmund it's a big clock isn't it and he's going yeah big cock yeah, big exactly. cock and like oh know, guys guys do you know well, what you need to do and also he points at my watch yeah. and says daddy's cock <laughs> Incredible. And then I said, no, no, it's a watch. It's got a strap. And genuinely, he said, daddy's cock strap. Oh, my God. It is funny when your kids start doing things that are the 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 12-year-old and you find hilarious. So like Wilfred the other day, he's got this thing and he knows it makes me laugh. And I'm trying to tell him off. Where after his bath, he puts his pyjamas on and then he gets his willy and he puts his, the strap of his pyjama trousers up oh, and his willy sort of points out at the top. So he flattens it and then it sort of points out and he goes, Daddy, I'm looking at you. <laughs> and it's, it's genuinely one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, it's funny. No, I know, but I can't go, uh, yeah, lols, keep doing it. Yeah, I'm going to no. be like, no, Wilfred, no, it's not funny. But he knows I, what, yeah, there's you, a battle going on because I'm yeah. going, <laughs> it's really hard it's really hard yeah my boy got his first lob on a oh. while ago oh, and oh, I, yeah. I, t- I texted me mates <laughs> big day yeah
I recognise that I have to be away a lot. I'm sometimes away for four and five nights on the trot. I really and, want to talk about that. I find that really, it's really well, we painful. can talk about that. Tom. And okay. when I get home, if I've been away, I'm then back. If I then go out the front door to put the bins out, to put the recycling out, he will stand at the door and look upset because he thinks I'm going away again. Oh, and Lord. and when I go, I'm often away for a long time, and that's incredibly painful. When you're gone for five days, yeah. I presume he's with his mother rather than being neglected entirely. No, he just hangs out. Whoever, <laughs> whoever, it's a sort of open house. Does that <laughs> yeah, he's mean with his mother. when you return that he inevitably has more of a bond with her than with you? And how does that make you feel? Uh, yes, I think it does, and uh, it's painful. So when you recognise that, when you come in and you see that your son's saying he wasn't like here for I expect day. him to want to run up and cuddle me, and he doesn't. Right? Yeah, I've you know he goes, oh, you're here, great, and you know yeah. what I mean, and, and gets on with stuff, you know, yeah. typing, um, whatever. <laughs> he's responding to your telling off emails. That's what he's typing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. It used to affect me more than it does now. I'm just like he has got a great relationship with his mum. They tick over really nicely, and when I get back, it's my job to insinuate myself back into the family for a bit and I just need to recognise that when I do that it's going to be a little bit tougher because he isn't going to drop everything and run over to me. That insinuating your way back in, is that something that you proactively pursue or do you just chill out and it sort of naturally happens? Do you see what I mean? Well, do you sort I, of think, a, oh I need to do more today because I've been away for five days so I'll do a bit extra or do you just mm, chill out and do what your normal I, roles are? I have the instinct to try and do more and mm. I try to control that because I, I do worry that I'm making him needy by being needy. I'm yeah. quite a needy person. I don't want him to be that. I want him to be emotional robust in a way that I'm not Mm. or that I wasn't until the age of like last week you know I fear it's going to be one of those things that I can't help but teach him because when I pick him up and cuddle him I crush him to my face (laughs) I cuddle him all the time and I've had this conversation with my wife like am I making him soft because I'm such a heart on my sleeve tearful emotionally flary kind of a guy I'm going to pass that on to him and he needs to be tough because, you know, what if someone bullies him or has a go at him? He needs to not be a pushover. And she thinks I'm an idiot for even... Those are a lot of thoughts to be rushing through your head while you're hugging yourself. I'm hugging him going, like, I'm hugging him not for his good, but for mine. He will always finish the hug first. He'll be like, I'm done now, I'm done. (laughs) But what's the nursery and childcare situation with you guys? Because Edmund has been in childcare since nine months. He's been going to nursery since he was nine months old. Wow. How many days a week childcare? Well, he was... For the last three months, he's been at nearly five days a week um, but not full days so don't stop judging me Um, before that he was down at like three days I know you're joking when you say don't judge me for putting no, myself in nursery five no, days a week no I'm not joking at all I feel bad about it it hints at a truth which mm. is people think ooh why did we have a kid if we're going to just go back to our working lives and prioritise that over the kid are we going to miss something by not being there Mm. And like, to answer your question, Harvey does go to nursery two days a week. My son does, nursery makes a massive difference. My son does a nursery day one day a week. And mm. it's, I think you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yes. Because my wife is often asked by other mums, when are you going back to work? How's work going? What are you doing? Mm. And she's actually doing full-time mumming and odd little bits of freelance copy editing here and there. And uh, she feels a lot of pressure that I have to talk her down from fairly often that she doesn't have to be doing that because part of the reason to have children was to spend your life mm. with the child. Mm. No one on their deathbed thinks. I wish I'd worked. Um, yeah. yeah. It was, it was really, <laughs> I'm so glad I did that voiceover. I think about that. I think that I know there will be a version of me in 20 years' time who would give everything. I'm actually getting emotional. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> oh, no, I know, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> Give me one second. Go on. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, not to preempt what you're going to say, but I, I feel like I, I feel like every day I'm not with him because I'm driving to Manchester and back to do 20 minutes work. 
is a day wasted. I yeah. resent, about six months ago, I started to hit this real grind that made me very unhappy of just resenting work for taking me away from him. Mm. And I really had to sit down and get my head straight with, okay, a lot of dads, I'm sure, um, if they work in the city, say, they have to get up at six or five in the morning and go off, you know, and they yeah. just just make it home in time for bedtime. And then Awful. they get the weekend together. Whereas, Not a lot, I mean, most. Right, okay. Right? I mean, sure. we're well, trying to change guess, gender I, politics, but basically yeah, yeah. still most ads, that's the case. Sure. Whereas I, I'm away a lot, but I really had, my wife had to hammer this into me. I get to be at home on a Wednesday morning, say, or a Monday morning, and I forget because I've just factored it into this is how my life works, then I've got to go there, then I've got to travel there, I've got to be there for a weekend, all the rest of it. But actually what's happening is I'm day-to-day in his life much mm. more than a lot of dads. It's, uh, it's such a gift. And you see this especially when you get to school as well, when the kids get to school age. You see so many dads who are never there at drop-off, they're never there at pick-up. Because I'm mortally can't. afraid of school because he's going to be working a nine-to-five job <laughs> and I'm only going to see him evenings and weekends. I feel like my work happens at the opposite of his and my big my big stress was I should have done a real job I've made all the wrong decisions I wasn't thinking about parenthood and now I, I'm going to end up with oh, well, who cares if I'm free on a Wednesday afternoon he won't be I would rather that my son had a dad who was very fulfilled and happy in what he does do you know what I mean? I if if I was around with my kids all the time and I was having to shut down all the things I love doing career wise, I would become a grumpy shithead within about two weeks. I would. That's a fact. And he'd get a lot more time with a sad dad. Whereas what I would rather he got was a fulfilled dad. And career wise, definitely that at the moment. Yeah. And I can rock up and be like, hey. Do you, do you know what I'm it, saying? It, it's a, it's a balance, isn't it? You've you, all got to, you, we've all got to decide where we are in that spectrum. But have because you I said want him no? To have, a... have you said no to something that you would like to do for work so that you could see yourself? No. <laughs> No, I haven't. And that sometimes gets me in, in hot water, definitely. Yeah. I have. Yeah. What I worry about is the kind of career drag incurred by that that I will never find out about. I mean, I think about that constantly. I think if I'd have spent the last two years not being sort of part-time dad, but having invested all that time into this show, for example, would we have more listeners? Would I have better guests? Yeah, how do you think? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that is about 5% of what women feel, let's not forget. Yes, you know, exactly. It's... Yeah. it's, it's... <laughs> There's a fraction of what they go through. The the, the career lag that, that women But that's have. the new thing, isn't it? That's what, what's women changed. having a tougher time? I don't think that is the new thing. <laughs> no, the new thing is that men have to consider any of that at all because in the old model, men did just go to work and they didn't have to think about it because that was society. Mm. The fact that the three of us have stupid jobs and freelance lifestyles and make choices mm. means that we're making choices not to be with our children and yet would espouse all these values about us being equal parents. Yes, I'm trying yeah. to do more of the mental load. I really am. There's that feminist comic probably six months ago or something uh, in The Guardian was about the, the mental load and it was written by a woman about all the times when men come home from work and sit around and it's like, can you do this? Can you do that? And it's kind of men retreat into this position of, you know, you can't help but retreat because often we have lower standards of cleanliness. So that doesn't really need doing, so I'm not going to do it. And then you end up putting your partner in a position where she has to not only do all the childcare, she has to manage the running of the house. And I'm really trying at the moment. And I'm not kind of bigging myself up here, not in a saintly way. I am massively underperforming. But I'm at at least trying to be aware of the times when if I put a wash on, I should also take it out. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Hang it up rather than just be fine with things being done to my level of satisfaction. I'm trying to come up to her level of satisfaction with a ticking over household. But actually, uh, there's something as well about setting your own expectations for what's a good day out for your kid as well. 
Um, because yeah, I've noticed that, yes, I can go to a theme park and spend 30 quid and make him go around something that he has yeah. absolutely no interest in, really, and would be just as happy in the Lego shop. But I've seen this so many times with dads especially who are doing lots of flapping, lots of, hey, fun, here we go, fireworks going off, we've got friends coming over, I bought you a new Lego. And I'm like, seriously, sit in a room like the one we're in right now with nothing in and, and you that kid wants you and nothing else and oh, he will have the yeah. best two hours. Okay, but what is the best low-budget day out? <laughs> because it's something that I've done with Harvey, which works brilliantly for him. He's really into diggers and trucks. Mm. The best thing for him is to go to South Mim service station, <laughs> stand on the verge in front of Starbucks oh, and point at the trucks as they come in. Oh, you've done two hours like that. <laughs> well, something I've noticed is we never go to the shops. I sort of assumed that there'd be more of that in parenting, that there'd be more like going to a shopping centre and walking around. We don't do supermarkets anymore because of online shopping. Oh, no. You haven't taken the kids to the supermarket. Like, Edmund, genuinely, I don't think he's been to a big supermarket for months, if not years. See, this is one of the things they need to learn is that they can't have everything, right? So if you go past the toy aisle enough times and they can't have it, then I think that helps that lesson (laughs) sink in. That's quite cruel. That That is needlessly... Cruel. Is that something? He's like, right, one second, Jen. You go and sort out the crisps. You get the crisps. I'm going to take this child up and down the toy aisle, showing him what he can't have. No, no, we, we treat it more as like a museum. So he points at the toy and says, Digger. And I say, Yes, that's a digger. And then we carry on. Let's talk Christmas, it's just around the corner. Basically, at this age, they still don't really care, do they? He is pretty excited about Christmas. Is he? Yes, no, we learned, tried he really learned, hard with Harvey. He doesn't know who Father Christmas is. He learned is. to say Merry Christmas. He says, Aww. he said, no, he says, Happy Kittimuth. <laughs> very cute. And we took him to see Santa in a really good... Okay, so here's a thing. My wife had planned uh, Santa in a grotto in a garden centre. Sounded like it was going to be terrible. It was brilliant. Wasn't he it scared? Was, it, no, not at all. Loved what? It. it was well thought out. He, there was a little room afterwards and Santa was there kind of, he did a little song with a guitar and he did a story and he did some you know, pictures and then it was really funny. He said, um, so through that door there is a special Christmas shop and me and my wife looked at each other and were like, oh, here we go. And then he said, and you can choose one thing from that shop and we were like, Come on, and how much does it cost? <laughs> but they could genuinely choose one thing. So they had done, uh, this is the best Christmas idea ever, they'd made a sort of pretend shop where everything was free and you could choose one thing. And it was all clearly, you know... Crap from the pound shop. It was crap yeah, from yeah, the pound yeah, shop, crap. but it was beautifully done, really well chosen. Mm. He had a lovely time. He met Father Christmas. He's also met two or three other Father Christmases. He's excited about it. He's named our tree. Uh, we've got a Christmas tree. <sighs> presents under it. Wow. He's got a clever kid, hasn't he? Yeah, I have got a clever yeah, kid, yeah, right? Yeah. He's yes. got a clever kid who now knows how to shoplift. Is so. it? <laughs> Is it time to tell you you can count to ten? I'm just saying. <laughs> it's just a sequence. He doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> so we're going on honeymoon on Christmas Day, and we're going to be away for a month. So when we come back, he will have his birthday sort of almost in the air. It's long haul. So um, we are go- we've made- taken a policy decision. We are not going to tell him it's his birthday until we get back and two or three days of jet lag recovery later. Yeah, yeah. Then we're going to say, today is your birthday, which I think is a good idea but, but it is lying think, to your oh, child. It is lying to him. Yeah. And also, on the day, we're going to be like, we're not, you know, we have, to, we have to conceal your birthday from you. Long haul travel with the toddler. Oh, yeah. Jet lag Ugh. was the bit we weren't expecting. We went to Australia and uh, it was... Start with an easy one. It, yeah, mm. it, I mean, that was his first flight. <laughs> and uh, it was challenging but doable. 
Um, there's all sorts of things about whether or not he was too heavy for the bassinet and you can put him in the bassinet, but if there's turbulence and they put the seatbelt sign on, you have to take him out of the bassinet. So he's yeah. asleep and now you're working him up again. And they only told us in the last hour of the flight, I mean, he can just be on your lap with the belt loop on. He doesn't have to be in the... Oh, oh we, we could have done that. No. But we got through it. We were proud of ourselves. We were exhausted. You don't sleep at all. Neither mm. of you sleep at all. So you're shredded by the time you come out. And then what we, we were like, we did it, we did it. And then we got home and, of course, he was awake and screaming in the middle of the night for five mm. hours going, what the hell's go- going on? Why is it dark? This is all verbatim. He's a genius. Yeah. Why is it dark? <laughs> I don't understand. But this time we're probably dreading it less, but we're aware it's going to be harder because it's a longer flight. We're going to New Zealand. We fly at 8 p.m. on Christmas Day. So the first chunk of it, hopefully he'll be asleep for all, if you know, most if not all of that. Then it's three hours in Dubai Airport where he's going to wake up, be wired and go nuts. And then it's properly like you know, 13 or 14 hours wow. on a flight where we're going to have a nearly two-year-old running up and down the place. Mm. So far, the biggest tip I would share with anyone, it's about atmosphere on the flight and so much of your stress about it is the feeling that you're going to ruin someone's mm. flight. Away. Yes, I feel like and I'm have to be apologising to everyone. Hello, exactly. hello, have a lovely flight. Sorry. And everyone's, hello, seen, flight. everyone's Sorry. seen that meme of like the couple that made a little apology pack with earplugs and toys and candy for all the other, you know what I mean? I'm oh, sorry, no, it's our first flight. Oh, oh, yeah, awful. God. So I think the tip is what you need to do is as soon as you're allowed to get up, walk him up and down the aisles, waving to everyone have we got any waivers in and he waves to everyone and some of them wave back and then everyone that waves back you're like they're cool they're on board he's friends with them and also it's shown all the non-waivers that there are waivers on the flight so if you've got a problem with him maybe you're the only one who's got a problem he's literally Stu you're you're using your comparing skills 100% (laughs) you're warming up the plane literally that is exactly (laughs) I love it that's so good presence Mm. how many is actually too many do you have yeah. a rule on that? There's a big uh, problem in our household at the moment. There's a big crisis because we've got too much stuff. Because I've been wanting to get presents and so has Beth. So we've both been buying presents. There's been no coordinated plan. So now we've just got too much stuff. And they're gonna. And this happened last year as well. They went mad. They went really crazy and nasty and weird when they were opening all the presents. <laughs> you know, it was like critters and gremlins and all that sort of thing. So we need to control it. We need, In terms of quantity, we need to be more disciplined. Have you ever met a really spoilt kid because I did once, and I said I am never going to have a kid like that spoiled little boy. No, but is, okay, see, that's an example of something that's quite funny that shouldn't be funny. Watching two-year-olds unwrap presents and then clearly being displeased with them is funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, even, no, so, no. yeah, no. That's is the a word. good point. That's a good point. We're going to have. I haven't even thought about that at all. We're going to have to teach him that when we go round to be gracious. house, yeah. he needs to say thank, thank you, you for presents, even if he doesn't want it. My godchildren, when they were, I really noticed when when the eldest was about five, he was so good at being given a thing he clearly didn't want and going. Thank you. And, and actually, <laughs> that's that, really that, sad. It though, flips it? the situation around and makes that kid a hero because the person who gave them the thing knows they don't really want it, but they've been so polite about yeah, it. Yeah, I suppose they so. Do, yeah. oh, good for you. I'm sorry you didn't, it's not quite what you wanted, <laughs> but good for you for being polite. That is a good thing. Okay, I have a personal question to ask you, sure. and you can tell me to fuck off if you don't want to answer okay. it. But attentive listeners will have noticed that you've been referring to your wife this time and in our three previous episodes it was my partner or my girlfriend oh yeah we got married yes and i just wondered whether your reasons for getting married had anything to do with having a kid because ours did uh no other way around uh we got engaged a few years ago and then immediately started trying for a baby for me i suppose getting married felt like the icing on the cake i felt in i sort of felt like well we are absolutely committed to each other forever because we want to be we want to be co-parents and that's that's built into me as an intrinsic value so we're together forever it's interesting that you can not even necessarily deliberately try and escape the kind of societal models. You might, as you say, have volunteered to be part of them and like them. Sure. 
but something about having a child changes the way you see yourself in the world as part of a family unit which oh, is yes. fundamental and unchangeable absolutely when we first met it was all about how i mean tom was already the grizzled veteran but it was already about how our perception of the world might change when we have a kid but yes. delivered in a slightly flippant kind of sure well it'll be nine months of hell but then it'll be fine oh yeah, yeah but actually yeah. it is completely fundamental completely fundamentally changed i the, the way i described to people was um <laughs> to no one who ever understood this reference but maybe one of your listeners there's uh, a bad guy in the world of marvel superheroes called nitro whose ability is that he can blow himself up and reform so he's a sort of walking bomb and I felt like that happened to me. I I, I was completely disintegrated and distro- my self and my ego and everything was obliterated by having a baby. And then I spent a year putting myself back together. And that year was challenging and I wasn't as happy as I expected to be. And now I'm just walking on air. This idea that you just said, Ollie, that it would be bad for nine months and then you just carry on where you left off before the baby. It's like, no, 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 that's... No. For a lot of people, certainly for me, it was an end of a chapter. I would say youth, not youth. Maybe let's not call it youth because that's a the end of the story it. where you're you are the protagonist. Yeah, yes, that's exactly absolutely. It. And that and that for me and what you were saying just now, you resonates so much with me as well. That I had so many freedoms and such little purpose, and then the kid comes along and it just goes shunk, and it all just having less choice has been made me so absolutely. much happier. I have so much less to worry about now. It's yeah. just get money. You have priorities. That's all it is. You get have money, and it's you know it's <laughs> but it's true. You realise when you have have a kid you realize you're not the picture you're the frame Stuart goldsmith and tom price if you want to hear more from them and why wouldn't you Stuart's podcast is called the comedian's comedian it's an interview show with other stand-up comics it's brilliant i'd highly recommend the reginald d hunter episode uh, you can find that at comedians comedian Uh, And Tom, you can hear, also being brilliant, every weekend on The Wireless. He hosts the weekend breakfast show on Magic. Uh, And also you can follow his tweets, at PriceTom. Right, up next is Alex Fox's Christmas special. After this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Santa Claus is coming down your throat. Yes, it's the foxhole with Alex Fox. Ho, 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 how are you doing? I'm enjoying that little musical number that we opened with. Can I follow with uh, wanking in a winter fondle land? You just bloody did. As it is our Christmas special of the foxhole, tradition dictates (laughs) that Ollie Pitt is joining us as well. Hi. Hi, do I need to make a sex? Yes, you do. Fuck the elves with... Uh, loads of holly. Well, gentlemen, you will be very, very happy to learn that I have prepared a fappy Christmas special for the foxhole this week. Do you know what I think we're missing in this is puns. I'll just say right from the off, I could do with more puns. Um, Before we do play (laughs) Fappy Christmas, though, we should thank our sponsors, mycondom.com. Yes, we should. Uh, I was reading some of the uh, reviews online of mycondom.com saying things like, always really fast delivery, always respond to any queries quickly. And then my favourite came quick. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, multiple meanings in this context. Are you ready to get quizzical? Sort of. Yes. Are you ready to get whimsical and quimsical? 
Yeah, again, sort of. <laughs> well, musical. round one begins with sing-along dongs. Great. I feel like I'm on a game show. Yeah, well, I think that's the intention, actually. I think that's what she's parodying. Oh, right. This is the mystery vibe crescendo. Yeah, Alex um, is holding up what looks like a squashed-out aubergine with shark fins. It's a flexible vibrator that you can bend into any shape you want and yeah. it will retain that shape. Okay, yeah. But it is also smart. You use an app oh. on your phone. Oh, there we At go. this point, she whips out her iPhone. I have programmed this Mystery Vibe Crescendo with a number of Christmas songs, which it will vibrate in time to. No. Yep. And your question, you accepted, mm. is to guess what these songs are. Amazing. Okay, Ollie, here is Dong Song number one. Oh, Christ. Oh, it's, it's Deck the Halls. Yes, well done, da, da, Deck the Halls. Da, da. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, God, it's a really weird sensation. It's jittering through my clitoral nose and down into my teeth. My go. Do you want to have a go? Yeah, okay. Yeah, of course I do. Ollie Peeper. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Ollie Peeper can do song two. Hang on, I'll do you another song there, Ollie. So. It's on my nose. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, that's so high. <laughs> it's really, really My eyes hard. are watering. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is it? It's Jingle Bells. Is it? Yeah, clearly, yeah. Oh, oh try that one. My eyes are watering. I recognise that being bashed out of my clitoris any day of the week. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hang on, let me give you a harder one. Santa Baby. It is! Oh! oh yeah. Yes! Uh, anyway, right, so you, you're not supposed to put it up your nose. You're supposed to put it up your vag. <laughs> and what's the point of setting it to a different song? Uh, it's really just a gimmick. It's a fun thing that uh, Mystery Vibe have done to celebrate Christmas time. But um, usually you can get about, there's about 40 odd different vibrational patterns that you can download or you can program your own in there. Right. So I guess you could do a kind of uh, vibrator mixtape, couldn't you, for the one you love? <laughs> a smega mix. <laughs> If they haven't oh, watched very well. Too much. A reindeer called Rude Dolph has told me, Ollie P, that you are the winner of round one. Oh, yes. congratulations. Yeah. Are you ready for round two? Definitely. Uh, it depends where I have to put the next product. Yes. It's called Lubular Bells. Excellent. Oh, no. For this one, gents, <laughs> I'll require you to pop on these blindfolds that I have here. Oh, Christ. Okay. Ollie P, just hold out your hand and please. Oh, hang on. It's, it's a candy cane. Don't worry, it's oh, nothing okay, worse. Okay. And Ollie Man, could you do the same? Yeah. I am applying to the candy cane some squirts of lube, flavoured uh. lube, and I now require you to suck the candy cane and tell oh, me what flavour you think this is. I was going to say eat something. <laughs> oh, it always eating it's something? not eating something, it's putting, Ollie. It's mimicking oral sex putting, with a sweet product. Listen, it's putting stuff in my mouth and I can't see it. I could have just got you to open your gob and put it directly in. At least I'm giving you some control here. Okay. This is a consensual show. Okay. What, what, just what lick it, Ollie, and tell me what it tastes okay, like. Got, okay, uh... Oh, forgot that. that oh, the thing is, he's actually really good at this game. Uh, oh, year after like... year, he correctly guesses the flavour of the product. That's like that is like. I suspect he does his research out of hours. Cherry. <laughs> Cherry. What the fuck? Is, what is it? It's a festive one. Oh, oh, cinnamon! I can definitely taste cinnamon. It's cinnamon bun. Yes. Yay, well done. Oh, right, it's actually one... quite nice. I think it's quite nice. I'm covered in the bloody stuff now. Okay, so Stupid is questions. this equally a festive flavour? This is an equally festive flavour. Okay, because that does I've narrow it down got a bit, that obviously. All over my crotch. There we go. Okay, so in the mouth <laughs> and oh. lick it up. That is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so grossed out right now. That is actually don't, pretty don't tasty. Don't say it like that. No, but it is. Just say, oh, that's quite nice. Not, <laughs> if I tell you delicious. that this is now I like could suck on that flavour, you're going to be really embarrassed. <laughs> no, I, it's, uh, 
like butterscotch or like toffee nut or something like that. I'd seriously, I'd pay Starbucks sixty p to add that to my coffee. Well, I'd... Starbucks or Starfox is quite close. This <laughs> Starfox. Is... <laughs> wow. Is it mint chocolate chip? It's peppermint cocoa. Yeah, okay, well, that was close enough, wasn't it? Ollie did get his almost right, though. He didn't guess bun. Okay, my little elves, you may remove your blindfolds. And the products that you've just consumed are both by Wicked Sensual Care, mm. who make genuinely the tastiest, most flavoursome lubricants that I have ever experienced. It was delicious. In my life. I was just good, aren't I, they? what it needed was a little bit of genital sweat in there, and then it was absolutely <laughs> perfect. Also, it's great for rimming, i.e., licking someone's bum hole, because then you can make it. Sm- Taste like a cinnamon, so it's, cinnamon it's bun. A cinnamon bun tastes like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that is not on the packet. Uh, I think you better score us. I think I'm going to call that one a draw. What? What's round three? You've already experienced secret Santa in your lives. Are you ready for secretion Santa? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Santa's brought you a mystery gift each, boys, and it's your job to guess what it is and what it does. Okay. Okay, Ollie man. Here is your present. Oh, thank you. What the... Oh, how to describe that? I mean, there's a loop that I'm putting around my finger, but I imagine that bit goes around the shaft of a cock. There's what I assume to be a vibrating section, but maybe it isn't vibrating. It looks like one of those rubber bike lights. Just yes, a light. it does a bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so do I have to press a button? Oh! Ah! <laughs> As ever, I was not far off. It does indeed vibrate. Uh, the way you're holding it isn't far off what it's intended for. Okay, so it's not for a gentleman's penis, this. Is it for a finger? This is called the Fin Vibrator by a new company called Dame, who are a female-founded company. Uh, they originally crowdfunded it, and it was so popular that they hit their targets really quickly. And then what you do is you put this little rubber band over Over your two fingers, fingers, yes. And then hold the vibrating unit with your other two. So it gives you very, very good control of where you want the vibrations to go. So it's just basically then- for super strength fingering. And if you boot the vibrations right up, then it's super, super comic book hero strength. Sounds really dangerous. Okay. I think you get half a point there. You were in the right region, yes, but you exactly. did have it upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Ollie P, are you ready for your yes. secretion Santa gift? Yeah, apart from the secretion bit. Here we are. It's a bag. Oh, thanks. <laughs> uh, right, okay. Oh, oh. What's Ooh. inside? Okay, so there's. it's a black ring, and it basically has a... a a plastic film across the middle and it looks like... I'll tell you exactly what that looks like. Go on. There's a thing Nigella poaches eggs in. <laughs> it's exactly that. It's basically... Well, it, it's like a little a little plastic cup with a sort of... It, it, I'll tell you what it looks like. It looks like a rolled up condom. It looks like a rolled up femidom. Do you jizz in it and then you can <laughs> tip it down the sink? <laughs> what would the point of that be? <laughs> Ah, now who's judgmental? <laughs> he might get up. off on jizzing down the sink, Alex. No, no, no. Like, this is a safe, clean way to do it I without know, infiltrating down the dishes. The I'll, just, like, I'll just jizz in that, and then I can safely... Very, very unlike Alex say, look, to rush to judgment so if it's in there, mm. I can safely dispose of it like that. Yes, beautiful. Well, uh, you're, not, you're not too far off with thinking it's a jizz catcher. Is it from wank? You put it over your face. <laughs> no, it is actually called a flex. And... It is a cervical cover that's designed oh, to God. catch menstrual fluid so that you can still have sex cleanly while you're on your period. Fucking hell. The, wa- <laughs> <laughs> the way that you use it is you squeeze the ring so it's flat like that, insert it up your foof, yeah. and then kind of 
angle it so that it sits in the same way that a diaphragm would over the entrance to the cervix. It then catches period blood in this little, <laughs> what you thought was to catch the jizz. Cup. Well, the I was jizz kind of cup. Right yeah, yeah. It was a fluid um, capturing device. Yeah. And you can, you can wear it for up to 12 hours. And if you do have penetrative sex while it's in, all the todger is going to hit is this little bit of plastic. Well, that would feel weird, I don't though. think it makes quite that sound when it's inside. I believe it's muffled because otherwise it does sound like you're having sex with a Tesco's carrier bag, doesn't also, it? that's getting lost, right? I mean... No, there's nowhere for it to get lost. Oh, OK. The, the female genitalia is a closed system. There is nowhere that it can disappear to. You can just fish it out afterwards. But it stays in place. Are you ready for the final round? I feel sick. Before that, I'm going to have to give the point to Ollie Mann there. I'm afraid, Ollie P, your, your, your jizz catcher is not, not he just quite... He said fingering thing. I said it, it catches fluid. Right, I'm winning the next round. So this is the decider. The next round is called the lump of coal. Now, lumps of coal are what naughty children get in place of gifts in their stocking. They're the crap gift, basically, the shit present. Every year, people come to me with their ideas for sex toys or sexually linked innovations. And some of them are quite decent and some of them are absolute bullshit. But your quest in this round is to guess the worst idea for a sex toy that anyone has come to me with this year. What do you imagine the most terrible idea that I've heard might be? Okay, hear me out, because it's about gross, right? I'm really worried about what he's going to (laughs) say. A dog's arsehole. A fuckable dog's arsehole. That already exists. There are multiple versions of fuckable dog's arseholes. That's been invented. Yeah, there are a lot of actual fuck. (laughs) No. No, Because what she's about to say is, no, it's cosplay. It's dressing up. It's expressing your sexual interest. It's fucking a dog in the bum. Yep. A plastic dog, Fine if dog, it's a fantasy. Though. It's a fantasy. Precisely. Yeah. Oli Man has learned it. so much through the 60 episodes foxhole. in. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I, also... I genuinely thought I was, like, groundbreakingly disgusting with that offering. Okay. Not even close. A fuckable nostril <laughs> that smells of poo. I'm not no, sure. No, no, I've got it. I've got it. A pair of funny glasses. You know, we used to have the eyeballs on springs, but yeah. it's two cocks. <laughs> they probably exist for hen parties. <laughs> oh, I've got it. They probably do. A website where you get a fuckable doll that you can basically send in a picture of your relative and they print it out on there. That also exists. Yeah. Fucking what? That's a good idea. It's not it. What? Yeah. When you say your relative, if you turn it to incest, is a bit weird, but it's a good idea in terms of like putting your significant other on a sex doll. Do you want to know? Please. What the worst concept I've ever heard for a sex toy this year? It was a butt plug that doubles as a moon cup. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Simultaneously, or <laughs> the idea was what's a moon cup? A moon was... cup is basically that thing she just showed us that you can have sex whilst you're having your period, a moon but cup, it's just yeah. for collecting menstrual blood. Ugh. You take it out, empty You've got your it, head in your hands. Wash this isn't it a sex thing. This is a this is a I'm having a period thing. Yeah, it's, it's a fine. I'm having a period I'm, thing. I'm yeah. Very no, natural. It's just I know what's coming next. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You've heard the butt plug bit. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Moon cups are <laughs> a lot better for the environment than sanitary towels or tampons because you wash and reuse them. You and don't throw them away all the time. We've been looking for an environmentally friendly butt plug. <laughs> well, this could be the answer. This chap came to me and he said, "Why don't you make a moon cup with a kind of butt plug end on it, which for a start would stick out of the bottom of your." vaginal opening and be incredibly uncomfortable. His idea was that you could then 
pull it out of your vag and stick it up your ass. And he even said to me, oh, it would be great for women who are into butt play uh, for if they're ever just caught short without a tampon. So you're just wandering around with this massive thing sticking out of your sphincter that you'll pull out of your butt and then slam up your foof. And he thought that was a good idea. Well, I mean, if you want to make it super convenient, I mean, obviously you should put some lipstick in there as well and some foundation. <laughs> So it's just like a Swiss army Your knife. Your car keys. Yeah, but for the butt plug fetishist. I admire his pragmatic approach. Yeah. So the 2017 overall winner of Fappy Christmas is... <laughs> bum roll, please. Ollie Man. Yes. Robbed. And your prize is a vajankle. Real, existing, fuckable vag ankle. Tricky to re-gift, but uh, I do have a tricky uncle. (laughs) Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. Happy Christmas to you. Sorry, Fappy Christmas to you. And a consensually slappy New Year. And uh, let's just test whether Ollie Peer actually listens the whole way through the show every week. If listeners Mm. want to get themselves an excellent deal on sex toys or condoms, what should they do, Ollie? Uh, Go to mycondom.com yes and what's the code they should use to get 15% Fox off Soul. very Yay! good yes he's done it he listens to his own show it's just ingrained in my brain as is the idea of a fuckable dog butt now oh. happy Christmas Ollie P <laughs> sweet dreams and with that we have very nearly reached the end of this week's modern man but there is just time to anoint a Christmas man ambassador it is Elizabeth from Nashville Tennessee who says I've just started listening to the show thanks to my English boyfriend each week makes work a little more bearable he's been a fan since the start so I thought I'd buy you some beers in his name thanks Elizabeth I think the best Christmas gift I could give him would be to hear his name on your podcast here it is John T. McDonald consider it done and Elizabeth I hereby pronounce you all Manbassador for Nashville yeehaw our theme is by Django Django and my Christmas album of the year is by Tom Chaplin him out of Keen and from it here is his amazing cover of Walking in the Air it's out now on Island Records. I've been Ollie Mann, the producer Matt Hill, and we'll be back in two weeks' time with our season finale. Until then, have a really happy Christmas and a very fappy New Year. We're walking in the air We're floating in the moonlit sky The people far below Sleeping as we fly I'm holding very tight I'm riding in the midnight blue So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, on Tuesday, we head to the battlefields of medieval Spain to witness the very first ambulance. On Wednesday, it's the anniversary of the day Coca-Cola's creator hit on his winning formula. He dropped the wine, but kept the cocaine. On Thursday, the thief who stuffed the crown jewels down his trousers. And on Friday, when free-spirited Danish parenting put 90s New York in a tears. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.